Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Welcome to a special episode of Pit Stop. I first recorded an episode on Headless Commerce with Shogun's Nick Rauschenbusch. And since then, I've gotten a ton of questions about Headless from everything where it makes sense to go Headless to what it actually is. And if you are looking for the definition of Headless Commerce, Shogun has put together a great guide. If you just search what is Headless Commerce or what is Headless Commerce Shogun, you can see that. That's not what this episode is about because I am joined with the co-founder and CTO of The Feed, the number one resource for endurance athletes, providing food, nutrition, uh, online resources, and uh, it's a marketplace, so you can get, I, I keep wanting to say apps, but I'm stumbling over my words in the intro, but tools and accessories like the Theragun to help you recover all in one place without having to worry about any knockoffs or anything else like you might get on some of the larger marketplaces. So joining me is Ben Kennedy from The Feed, CTO and co-founder. Ben, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for a couple episodes of Pit Stop. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So just to give everyone a, a little bit of what we're going to be talking about, first off is that decision to go headless and uh, what that threshold is, what really made sense for you. Then we'll get into some of the technical questions, which I'm hoping you can help me out because, well, you're far more technical than I am. And just some of the common questions that we've both been seeing and getting about headless. Super. That sounds great. So let's dive into it because you did a post that got a lot of attention in the Shopify Plus community and on Twitter as well. I shared it to Reddit and even on Reddit where they, they tend to hate anything consumerist, there were a ton of questions. So what led you to start considering Headless? What got it on your radar that, okay, this is something we, we should be doing? And what did that decision-making process look like? So for us, page speed's always been something on the forefront. And we understand that a faster website is a better experience for the customer and ultimately converts better and you get a higher profit per visitor. So we've worked over the years on Shopify Plus to create the fastest theme we could as a Shopify Plus theme. <laughs> and we really tried to push that as far as we could. So we felt like we'd sort of squeezed all the speed we could out of that. And we were still running, you know, Facebook campaigns, driving traffic to landing pages hosted on Shopify on the Shopify theme. Mm -hmm. And when you load a Shopify page, you also have to load the full weight of that website and you have to load Shopify. So what we started exploring was creating specialized high-performance landing pages. So these would be built, you know, by ourselves on our own tools and these would just be landing pages sort of disconnected from the Shopify theme and the Shopify ecosystem, mm -hmm. where a visitor could come in quickly from a Facebook link or anywhere, load the page insanely fast. And then if it was interesting, you know, you have their attention right away. The hope was then that they would click through onto the Shopify site and continue with their purchase. And we noticed that that converted better just due to the speed. Mm -hmm. We ran some A-B tests splitting Facebook traffic between 
similar landing pages on Shopify and then our kind of home-built faster ones. So what I just described is actually headless. It's sort of headless light. It's already It's already taking parts of the website and decoupling them from your Shopify backend. Um, And that's all headless is. And headless is this kind of like hype word that maybe gets a bit of a bad rap just because it sounds like hype and people are wary of hype. But uh, it's actually something that's been going on quite a while. And it really is just decoupling your front-end customer experience from your e-commerce tool, which in our case was Shopify. And that's the example that I always use is if you order Starbucks, the if you're ordering through the app or calling into the store to place your order or walking in, that doesn't really matter. It's all coming out of sort of that same inventory level. And that's that headless experience. But in your case, you're sending people directly to to that one landing page. And it brings up a a great question of how big do you think you have to be to really be considering headless commerce? And I think that this is where some of the hype mis- misinterpretations come from. Uh, A, either not understanding what the technical implications are. So yes, you will have the benefits, but for the cost it's going to take you to get there, it just doesn't make sense. And or it's be something that was oversold and it was a big custom way to do it sort of like um, not 10, 15 years ago, if you were building a website and you didn't go on WordPress, but you had hired someone who had done a custom CMS and then all of your data and everything belongs to them and you can end up just pay, having to pay monthly fees or almost rent and not really have ownership of your web assets anymore. So uh, I know I rambled a little bit, but what would you say sort of the size threshold of a brand is before it makes sense to consider headless? I think, I mean, the, the, the correct answer, I think, is it depends. And I think that's where people get on kind of one or the other side of this debate on going headless is that there really is no correct answer that's going to apply to every single store. Um, we, When we were looking at going headless, we weren't faced with, you know, some internal systemic crisis that we thought headless was going to solve. Like we're fast growing store, thousands of SKUs, you know, over 150 different vendors. Um, This store was already uh, 70 plus on the lighthouse speed ranking on the Shopify theme. So this was a very well optimized, high performing eight figure store. Mm -hmm. So we weren't trying to necessarily solve a critical problem that was preventing our growth. What we were really trying to do was make sure we weren't missing an opportunity to grow even faster. And like you said, your website really is your real estate. It's kind of your square of the internet that you own and you want to optimize it and make it the best, fastest experience for the customer. Um, And I I know there's some stats out there and they they tend to get very old. Um, And one of them that's kicked around a lot is that one where, you know, Walmart saw X percent increase per 100 milliseconds of load time. And I think it's it's numbers like that that people have issues with because that's you can't apply a linear formula to how you know what kind of percentage increase you'd expect for every hundred milliseconds you shave off load speed. And I I think it's hard to compare yourself to Walmart. You're just that everyone already knows Walmart. They've been to their mm-hmm. stores. They've seen them all over the place. It's such a an unfair comparison that for them, 
it's getting into really the technical side of things of, well, if they're not tweaking sort of 100 milliseconds at a time, it's a larger issue that, well, their web pages aren't loading because they're just so, so gigantic at that, at that size. Yep, I think that's right. Um, and part of the, the decision and, or part of the process in deciding if you're going headless or not I think, and this is what we did, is look at your internal team, look at your strengths already, and make the decision on that. Because if you're at the point you're considering going headless, you've probably done some things right. You've grown your store to a scale where you're thinking about reworking your entire platform stack. So you probably know your customers, you know your store better than anyone, and you know what you're good at and what you're not so good at. So for us, we're we're a very technical team. So the, we were looking at the option of either building this entirely in-house, mm-hmm. you know, using existing tools, or going and using something like Shogun front end, which is what we ultimately decided as the platform. Um, and that was really just a bit of an introspective and like, what are we good at? What makes sense for us? But maybe if you're a, a store operator and your founding team is super, super savvy on the marketing, but you don't have someone technical in-house... So you've outsourced it to an agency that's been really great in developing your Shopify theme and your Shopify presence. That, that's something to think about is how is that agency going to take you headless if they haven't gone through this? Because you don't really want to be the first guinea pig. You don't want to nope. be the experiment. Because <laughs> I think we could talk about that more later. But I think that is where a lot of these bad experiences I've heard about come from is agencies going down a path they haven't gone through before, customers locked in customer doesn't understand the um you know the implications of going headless and reworking the platform and then maybe the the developers not really ready for that so I, I think it's really just looking at your own team looking at how you're already managing your technical workload and um, what makes sense for you there P- part of the thing with us choosing shogun front end was that yes we're very technical but do we want to be in the business of building software or do we want to be in the business of building our e-commerce store and building our brand? It's probably more the latter. So I, I didn't really want to be, you know, spending weeks on end building an entirely custom tech stack. And then for the indefinite future, doing DevOps and maintenance and maintaining that. Mm-hmm. And it locks you in as well to, if you ever want to do something else or sell the company, you have to figure out that transition as well. It's true. Yeah. And especially when the marketplace for going headless is, it's pretty new and it's pretty fragmented, all the tools. So what one developer, one agency decides is the right kind of roll your own path is likely not what another one would decide. So you have this kind of unstandardized custom built solution that may be a good fit, but as soon as you want to take it in-house or, you know, switch agencies or anything like that, that might be tough. Um, so part of what we were looking for was we don't want to go build stuff we don't have to, but we also want absolute total control over the code base. And that's really why we landed on Shogun. No, I I love that because it's just the the kinds of problems I wish I could have solved as a uh, as, as an entrepreneur. But you did do something interesting, which is you did build a, a headless version from from scratch to to test, didn't you? We did. So we're using the Shogun platform, but 
we write and own every single line of code. So they really just provide the infrastructure and they provide the content management system, the syncing with Shopify, and all this, all these different components they provide is really no small task to go build on your own. So they just kind of lay the foundation and then you're just building your own theme and writing your own code. Um, so what we did was we wanted to understand for our store, for our customer base, who, like you mentioned with Walmart, that's a known brand name with high customer loyalty. That was kind of the same with us was I just wondered, you know, we already have a very optimized Shopify store. We have a very loyal customer base. It's growing. So how much of a difference is speed really going to make? Does it matter? So what we decided to do was build an identical theme. So we had two websites. You couldn't tell the difference. They're pixel for pixel the same. One was the Shopify version that we already had. And then we built this new headless one. The only difference was the speed. The headless one loaded about 40% faster Wow! Um, on first load and then uh, almost instant on subsequent page views. So the whole idea was that with that was build these two stores and then split the traffic coming in. So then we can really understand for our own customers, for our own store, how much of a difference does it make? Part of it was a curiosity. The other part of it was justifying the platform cost and just understanding how important is speed for us. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that it was quite important. Um, you shared it publicly, so hopefully I'm not sharing anything that's not too, too proprietary. But you did see a 5.24% uh, conversion rate increase and a 10.28% in increase in revenue per per visitor. Yes. So we split the traffic 50-50, and we ran this test for, I think, two or three weeks. And we're constantly looking at the statistical significance just to make sure this wasn't, you know, just a random by chance that this version was actually converting better. We split the traffic using a Cloudflare worker. So mm -hmm. that's a worker that sits closer to the DNS level. So before the browser request of the visitor even hits the Shopify server or the Shogun CDN, there's actually a worker sitting there that makes a decision on which website the customer should see. And the reason we did that is we didn't want a customer arriving on the Shopify website, mm -hmm. waiting for Google Analytics to load or whatever split test software you use, and then kicking the user off to the faster website. We wanted it really to be a true test of arriving traffic getting split without even known to identical stores. Yeah, which is just the level of testing that you did to hopefully save listeners a little bit of, of headaches. It just, it blows my, my mind. And I know that there were a few other things that you had mentioned. Uh, we said that it's not a, a fit for everyone and don't be a guinea pig. Before we get into some of the, the questions you've got that you've gotten and I've gotten, is there anything else that you want to share about switching over to the headless build on Shogun front end? I just say, make, make sure you're ready. So make sure you have the the technical team on staff or that you're partnered with somebody that really has the, the expertise to do this because just going headless is not going to fix all your problems and it's not a guarantee for a fast store. I've seen Shopify themes that are faster than headless builds mm -hmm. and it's very easy to take a good headless build and become, you know, just a little bit careless and then suddenly you have a slower one. And it can be as simple as just adding a few apps or adding some, you know, unoptimized tracking analytics, things like that. So I'd, I'd say not not all headless stores are created equal. That would mm -hmm. just be my slight word of caution there. 
Um, I would say that the results for this, I mean, if the results weren't good, we I probably wouldn't have shared them and we would have just gone back to the Shopify store and continued business as usual. Um, but the results were promising. We did make the switch. I, I'd say that I think the store that we had, it gave Shopify a really good chance at winning, I'd say. You hear headless stores actually converting better than this or seeing even larger gains. So I think it, what was important about this test was I was skeptical going in and I really mm -hmm. wanted it to be a, an accurate, true test because I wasn't so sure that we would see those crazy runaway numbers that other people are seeing on headless. And we didn't. We didn't. The The conversion rate increase, it's a 5.24% relative increase, which is great, but it's not out of this world. The revenue per visitor was good, but it's not staggering. Mm -hmm. Which is really the keys to success. And it's so funny thinking about it that it's you almost wish that the improvement was was out of this world. But because you had done all the right things leading into it, it's more of an incremental increase because you're coming from such a solid foundation versus maybe you built your website five, six years ago and you're you're you need a total website overhaul anyway. That's when you would see a sig really, and I, I have to be careful using the word significant when uh, you mentioned uh, statistical significance earlier. <laughs> it's a different type a of noticeable. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the next uh, recording I'm doing with this is uh, with my mathematician friends, so I've got to be <laughs> I've got to be on my best behavior for for the uh, mathematicians among us. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think that that's so important too, and it's uh, I always laugh about people who claim to be data driven. And you you sort of throw what was this the statistical significance of your test, and they just look at you like oh well this one was better, but it's that fine line of being able to identify what the trends are and have enough data to make the decision versus being very truly thorough and truly data driven to the level that that you were, which I've just I've never seen from somebody who's not really a, a researcher or. It's just rare to see that level of thoroughness, and it's enjoyable to me. Super, yeah. And it's easy to go into these with a you know strong confirmation bias, where you're just really, really hoping that you know that the result is option B and not option A. And especially if you're checking the test data every day, you know you might wait till a day that it's looking better and end the test. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it took a lot <laughs> of control to really uh, trust the trust the data, let it run long enough, and wait for the result. It's like, um, and we'll wrap it up on this before getting into the technical questions episode. But uh, if the price seems too high or too low, especially in something like real estate, the first question I always ask is, well, are you buying or selling? Because if you're buying, the price is always too high. And if you're selling, the price is always too low. All right, Ben. Well, make sure you're subscribed because we are going to be getting into some technical questions about going headless in the next episode. You can catch that episode wherever you are subscribed here. And I would love it, love it, love it if you left a five-star review on Apple. Awesome. Steel switched to OmniSend and immediately saw a lift in revenue. They started automating their welcome series, card abandonment series, and their post-purchase messaging. 
Just like Baking Steel is the perfect upgrade for your kitchen, OmniSend is the perfect upgrade for your Shopify store's marketing automation. 70,000 customers from home and kitchen brands to consumables and everything in between trust OmniSend. If you're not using a marketing automation platform that connects directly with Shopify, what are you waiting for? Don't leave revenue on the table this BFCM. Triple Well is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewell.com and sign up today.